Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, as the heroes of Greenest bed down for the night, Bernie has a strange dream filled with visions of a goddess that is not her own. Those taking watch see a faint, mysterious light among the trees at the edge of the Crypt Garden Forest. And as the warped, diseased landscape begins to take its toll, Jonathan, Travancore, Bernie, and Shadow all wake the next morning to find themselves suffering from a variety of mental illnesses and physical manifestations. As the party push past their fears and enter the Crypt Garden Forest proper, they discover the remains of a group of elves. Bernie casts Speak with the Dead and finds out more information about how to destroy the rot demon, as well as the fate of this group of adventurers. After giving the dead a respectful funeral, everyone retreats to the pocket house for a long night of rest. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. I'm back to drinking more Pyramid, because... Uh, Jules, I think you mentioned this earlier. You bought a six-pack, and you've basically been going through the six-pack. That's basically what I'm doing with Pyramid right now, is very slowly making it through... The excellent six-pack I bought, which is still the Apricot Unfiltered Wheat Ale, which I enjoy all of their beers, but I especially enjoy their wheats. It makes me happy. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking... I want to try something new, something fruity, and it's a mango wit beer uh, hmm. from uh, Adelbert's Brewery here in Austin. It's not bad, uh, but I'm not a huge fan of mango, and like after I bought it, I remembered that I'm not a huge fan of mango. Uh, so I was hoping that the beer would temper the mango flavor, and it does enough that I can drink it. But there's still that hint of mango, and I was like, wait, I don't like mango yet. I bought a mango beer. But worth a try, right? I like trying something new. It's locally brewed, uh, and it's not bad, you know? And it's a very light and easy drinkable beer. So if you like mango, and I would recommend it. If you don't, then remember that you don't like mango before buying. <laughs> Bernie! Are you a fan of mango, and are you drinking I something mango-flavored? But I'm not drinking something mango-flavored. I just... <laughs> there's just, you know, random beer in our fridge, and it's mostly stuff I like. So tonight I have a Gaelic... Or a Highland Gaelic ale, and it's good, because it's red. It's red things. I love red things. And it tastes good. But I'll drink your mango beer. There you go. You should you two should swap somehow through the internet. Travancore, are you drinking something red? Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice is neither red nor mango, although at any given time you could go for either. Today, I continue my teetotaling streak with a, gla with a can of Canada Dry, which seems ordinary until you realize that I met each and every one of you in Canada. You did! You did! You drove oh, shit. me home from Canada. Yeah, Toronto. That sounds so weird. You did drive me home from Canada, though. That's right. Yeah. I never even put that together. Nice. Jonathan, are you drinking something Canadian? Uh, no, but I am drinking something mango. I, uh, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And once again, it is a Putin on the Ritz. It is a little bit of grenadine, some mango vodka, some peach schnapps, and some peach vodka with mango peach juice. And it, this one's a little bit stronger than ones I've made in the past, and it is still pretty good. Truly worthy of Gary Cooper. Can you, can you, can you do the, can you do the, um, Young Frankenstein? And instead of, Putin on the Ritz! Can you go, Putin on... Okay, actually, it sounds Putin okay. on the Ritz! 
I think I, I think I think you guys took care of it. You guys got it. There you go. Got it. I was trying to say like they sounded different, but when you do the Frankenstein voice, the Frankenstein's monster's voice, excuse me, it just goes pretty much. Yeah, that's all I ever hear. Also, a you are hilarious, and that's why I love you. It's also a reference that listeners, if you don't get, I highly recommend you Google because it'll be worth your time. It is worth your time. Please wait until after this podcast is over. Which will take a little while because we're about to begin as you guys wake up in your pocket house after a long rest, after some stressful times out in the Crypt Garden Forest. You do feel refreshed. Your hit points are back. Your spells are back. You're feeling good being able to sleep in a bed out of the muck and the grime. And as you wake up and kind of see some fresh color, you do feel better. But um, those of you who are suffering from some ill effects from the night before... Those have not gone away. Well, that sucks. But it, I'm motivated to fix whatever this is because nightmares suck. They do. Anyway, you all wake up, have some breakfast. And is there anything you would like to do before you head back out into the depression of the Crypt Garden Forest? And everyone's like, no, no. Can we just stay in the pocket house forever? <laughs> yep. Let's have waffles. Did the effects wear off? No. They did not. So uh, just to remind you guys and our listeners at home, at the moment, although I don't think any of you have told each other details. I, no, Jonathan the Match Muscular would have. Jonathan the Match Muscular is not going to keep this shit to himself. Okay. Yeah, and he would have, but did he? Other. We trust each other to a certain degree of things. Well, that's good to know because you didn't make that make that apparent the last time we got together, and certainly um, some of these effects are a little more easy to see than others. Um, also, Shadow is still suffering his effects, and he might have a tough time explaining to you that currently Shadow cannot be healed by divine magic, which at the moment I don't think any of you know. Hold on, I'm looking to see if I have any kind of magic that'll fix this. That'll fix... Okay, well, while you look, uh, Bernie is still laughing at inappropriate times with a minus four to stealth and initiative. Travancore still feels a bit of his sanity slipping away with a minus two to intelligence checks and uh, saving throws. And Jonathan is still riddled with ticks and the inability to stay still with a minus one to ranged and melee attacks. But not spell attacks, right? Uh, nope, just ranged. It, it's it's a physical issue. You feel like eye twitching, and it's like a v- mild version of Tourette's in a way. But yeah, you're still able at this moment to do the. Oh wait! Oh, I have it. I have it listed here. Uh, re- <laughs> in my notes. All right, I have it yes. actually saying capital letters, not spell attacks. All right, sweet. All right, I'm good. And Carlton feels yes, left out. Yes, but if out. you do decide to whack something with a, a staff or, or yeah, ranged attacks, it's it's anything dexterity-based. And your spells... So for the moment, you've woken up, you, you have this issue, but it's not affecting you nearly as much as everybody else's issues. Ah! Luck is on your side for the moment. Um, I have to spell magic, but it doesn't seem... This isn't going to work like I thought it was going to work. No, I think if anything, as Jonathan the Magimuscular thinks into his Magimuscular mind, uh, probably something along the lines of like a restoration spell might, but these effects might be so profound that not even like we need to fix things before we can use magic again, like in that same way. 
Well, I, Bernie, would you like to do some examining as as um, yeah, what, the resident what if, healer? What kind of check do I need to do to see if I can fix this? Well, uh, who would you like to examine? Assuming that you can't examine yourself. Uh, who's got the thing that's going to make shit the worst for them? Probably Shadow and not his healing. Yeah, since he can't be healed. Uh, you should probably inspect me. I think that would go well for you. Which one do you have? The... The I'm tired because I had to spend up all night taking care of people who are cursed. Wait, so what? what is your condition? He doesn't have one. Oh, I didn't get a condition. <laughs> oh, well, then fuck off. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the moment, Carlton and uh, Buck seemed to make it through that night uh, without any ill effects. Okay, so yeah, I probably... Well, actually, we all we know is Shadow's acting like an asshole, so we would probably check out Travancore. Um, yeah, I'll check out Travancore. I'll do an inspection. I'll do a checkup. I'm his doctor. Sure. So what are you looking... T- so you you would know from Travancore kind of the basics of, about what he's feeling and what, what the detriments are. What are you specifically going to try to discern? Uh, or do you have a, a specific check you'd like to run? I don't know. I think what I would want to know is, like, what kind of magic this is. Like, is this something that I can actually take? Like, the thing is, I... This actually might be a check that Jonathan should do if it's going to be, like, an Arcana check. Like, what what is the reason this was cast on us? Like, finding what kind of magic it is, I guess. I, I mean... It's like finding if- out what... So, if, like, if somebody gets poisoned, you don't want to give them something that's going to make it worse in order to cure it you have to find out what kind of poison it is right so i guess i i guess in this scenario like jonathan the magic muscular could could do an arcana check to say hey so is there anything weird about the magic that's happening like like is it being misdirected is is the influence that's on us right now what sort of magic is it how powerful is it maybe those those, those kinds of demon, questions. I could exercise it out of us. I could perform an exorcism. So you guys have this discussion, and yeah, Jonathan, if you'd like to roll an Arcana check on Travancore and see what you could figure out. Uh, thirteen. So you close your eyes. You kind of put your hand out to the side of of Travancore's face and head, knowing that he's suffering from just. Uh, intelligence issues and, and I, this when feeling I'm ex- of- and when I'm examining his face and head I'm like doing this I'm like nah, like messing his no with his nose and just kind of like putting my hands all over his face I feel like, like- Travancore is long suffering of people who don't understand his actual status in life <laughs> <laughs> like no one at home would do this to him it would be they'd get like they'd get imprisoned but we're over here like I'm gonna tickle you with a feather I'm gonna put my hand all over that's exactly what I was thinking it's, this is like and I really am trying to figure out like the like actually his aura but I'm also having a little fun. Huh. When in Baldur's Gate, do as the Baldur's Gators do, I guess. <laughs> well, Travancore, you you suffer this hand in your face. Blah, blah, blah. Fortunately, this only takes maybe 10, 20 seconds. And unlike, probably isn't even real. Um, well, it it seems to be real. And, and Jonathan, you, you really do uh, reach out with your arcane senses, looking for threads of magic that you can pull on, looking for spell effects, looking for, you know, a lot of the different things that either you specifically know about casting on people or anything arcane. Don't 
really find anything. Bernie's gonna do a religion check to look for demons. To look for the okay. devil. The devil. Roll me a religion check. So Jonathan pulls his hand away and kind of shrugs and doesn't know. Bernie comes on up. Bernie also did shit. She got a 13 as well. Okay. You peer at him thinking about your the the knowledge that you've gained about rot demons, about demons in general. You had kind of gained a lot of this information thinking about this over the last couple of days and you're unsure of... Is it a devil? You don't sense a demonic presence. You don't sense that he is possessed in any way. You do sense there is something curse-like to this. This this is it's almost like a disease from a demon. So it's not being poisoned, but you do you feel the traces of this. And as you kind of glance around, you know, holding on to that feeling, you feel that with everybody. You actually even feel that same uh sensation with Carlton and Bucks, who don't seem to be suffering any ill effects at the moment, any detrimental effects like you guys are. Uh, just this weird sense of a disease that is not a natural disease. Is a devil! Bernie well, thinks it this sounds is hilarious. Like... So she's like, it's a devil! It's a devil! Devil's I imagine got Bernie you. coming over just like splashing water on us. The power of bait compels the you! power of bait! Oh, let me lay hands on you. And and I say, everyone, put your hands up and go out, demons out. My dad exercised our dog one time on the television. <laughs> and unfortunately, as much as everybody, like, join hands and, and joins on, nothing seems to happen. I tried. You're all going to die and go to hell. I mean, it's don't worry about it. Bernie's adopted a new voice for this. There's a she finds very funny good and appropriate. There's a very good chance I'm dreaming anyway. I mean, you're all acting abnormally, and that usually happens when a person's dreaming, right? So, God. No, it's the devil. Oh, wait. I usually act abnormally, so is me you. acting normally acting abnormally? You just blew my mind, friend. <laughs> that's and that's poignant, which tells me you're normally not poignant. So you, we I must, it must be a I dream. must be dreaming because clearly nothing is lining up properly. Shadow's not treating me with the proper respect. So I could slap you in the face and it wouldn't hurt. I wouldn't. It might hurt. Let's not try that. That's the work <laughs> of the devil. Bernie's gonna talk like this the whole night. I'm gonna go up to Travis Court and shake him awake. <laughs> like wake up. Well, I mean, you you, you guys don't want to do that. You're. You're part of my dream. As soon as I wake up, you're all gone. So it's in your best interest probably to to not do anything that wakes Trav- me up. Travancore, yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I'm always here. Even when you're awake, I'm in the back of your mind, living and growing. And what is reality anyway? I am always with you. It's not this. I mean, do you guys hear those other voices? Like the ones behind your voices? Almost like forms. Like I almost feel like our the entire lives are determined by a pre-planned sequence of, of roles of chance and that there's... People behind us who look like us a little bit and sound like us, but are very different. Do you guys ever get that feeling? No. This just got very Muppet Show meta. Does anyone remember that moment? I mean, I don't know what the Muppet Show is, but I'll go with it. You possess. Can I please roll to perform an exorcism? Like, I know that burnt. I just want to try it. Of course you like, do. Like, what kind well, of role would so I that need actually to jives exercise with what I know to be real a little bit. So I, I'd almost encourage it because you, you totally would. 
So it de- it depends, because um, you already did a religion check, and you actually do know that there is no none of the demonic or or devil entities are actually inhabiting anybody at the moment. So you could just make up an, some kind of exorcism. And it's funny whenever you say he's inhabited by the devil, most of your compatriots know enough about the nine hells that their instinctual reaction is, well, which one? As there's a lot, quite a few. If you're serious about trying to really figure out what's going on. As I said, your religion check has confirmed that there is no specific demon or demonic or devilish entity inhabiting at least Travancore, but you're pretty sure nobody. There are several other checks you could run. What other checks? Well, you look through your your list of skills and you tell me, or if you have an idea of a question you'd like to ask, I'll tell you what skills uh, you could run to see. Well, basically, it's like, could I lift a curse? Is that a thing I can do? Because it's like, it might be demonic in origin, but it feels like, is this, like, because to me, okay, so there's two things that this could be. This could be a curse, or this could be an overall result of the long-term poisoning of this area, which means that, so that's like, that's my question, is is this, are we essentially poisoned by the result of the presence of the demon being a rod demon, and this is our version of rotting, like the rest of the forest is rotting, and therefore by inhabiting the forest, we are rotting in this way, or... Are we simply, is it simply a curse that can be lifted? Like, would we, can I do this or do I have to kill the demon to do it? Uh, remove curse is totally a third level spell. Yes, but it, it's weird. To know more about any of those wonderful questions that are all very pertinent questions, I would say you could either give me a medicine or a nature check and either would tell you different results. Why don't we why don't we tag team this? Why don't I'll get a medicine check. You do the medicine, I'll do the nature. I got a 17 on that medicine check. Okay. And Not too shabby. Jonathan, you're doing the nature. I got a nature? 25 on the nature. You got a Everyone drink. 20. Oh, you natural 20 on the nature? Mm-hmm. So basically Travancore's going to hallucinate for the rest of this. That's my plan. <laughs> so first, Jonathan, you kind of check out with your arcane senses, what's going on in Travancore's uh, head and don't really sense anything. Bernie, you come up and check for religious reasons and get a little more information. And now the two of you tag team. First, Bernie, as you um, roll your medicine check and, you know, look in his eyes, look in his ears, there's, he doesn't have any physical manifestations, not like Jonathan has with his his twitches and his ticks but you're you're suspicious about the fact that while everyone is showing different symptoms you you believe they're all from the same root cause and the medicine check you do get the sense that both of your suspicions are true that this might be both a type of curse that is a result of spending time in this cursed land that simply suffering through this area in the Crypt Garden Forest might be causing these issues in some way. You're not sure how long these effects will last. You're not sure if there's any cumulative effects that might come up, although you suspect that if being in the Crypt Garden is causing this, staying in the Crypt Garden will cause more of this. You are also pretty sure that since this is some kind of curse, 
that seems to be caused, it's almost like a disease in this area, but because it's a demonic origin disease, it's coming across to you as a curse that yes, if you had some sort of, if you wanted to either do remove curse or restoration magic, those might work. And Jonathan, as you do your nature check, you're able to confirm a lot of this, that like, um, this is essentially a disease being brought on by being subjected to the abyssal plane, as it were, that just like the land around the crypt garden is twisting and withering and being destroyed by the mere presence of a a demon in its in its center, that you guys are also suffering the same effects. And if not checked or staying here longer would definitely get worse, whether you would suffer multiple effects or they would get worse and worse as time went on. You're fairly confident that just not being in the Crypt Garden and not being in the range of this thing would help slowly ease the effects and they they would eventually go away, but it might take some time, longer than, say, one night's rest outside. Okay. So I have Lesser Restoration and I have Remove curse. Okay. Um, can I try it on myself first? <laughs> yeah, I believe you can cast either of those spells on yourself. Uh, which would you like to try? I want to try the one that is the second level spell. <laughs> so if that works, I have more spell slots. Is that remove curse? Yes. No, that's lesser restoration. Lesser. And I can touch myself. No, sorry. And I can remove one disease or one condition. So a disease is anything and a condition is specifically listed. Yeah. But if I've been poisoned by this demon and his presence, one of those conditions is poison. I think it's more of a of a figurative poison rather than a little one, because the actual poison condition is pretty nasty. Yes, it is. Yeah, you're pretty sure with that medicine role, this isn't poisoning this isn't being poisoned uh this is some kind of corruption just from being in the area so it's ending the poisoned condition if we're getting into a little bit of metagaming that you're pretty sure that wouldn't actually work that he's not none of you are actually poisoned uh but yeah you can if you'd like to try lesser restoration on yourself you you just need to cast it and see what happens bernie licks a finger and touches her nose and lesser restores herself okay uh, and you're trying to end a disease? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, the forest is diseased, and ergo, so am I. All right. Now I have, when I think about you, I touch myself in my head. And currently, I'm using a D&D 5th edition wiki to, like, just easily click on spells. And the ad is for me undies. And it is a very, very nice butt of a very, very well-butted man. Nice. <laughs> I feel like all of this is incredibly appropriate that Bernie would be thinking of really nice butts in really, really cute army man underwear that are like not boxers. We're thinking boxer briefs, guys. We're thinking like they hug that butt. I don't even care if it's photoshopped. (laughs) That is a good butt. (laughs) The boon of the (laughs) well-butted. Augurs favorably for us. All right, so Bernie, you cast Lesser Restoration on yourself, focusing on this this uh, curse. <laughs> you, uh, for a moment, can't help but laugh because, <laughs> because it's that's, real funny. 
because that's kind of been part of your condition. And as you feel the lesser restoration take effect, after a moment you stop laughing and... Yeah, it seems to have worked. You are no longer at negative four for stealth and your initiative. Nice. Okay. So, folks. All right, friends. Um, let's just go ahead and put this out here. You guys are going to have to do a real good job of protecting me today. And so she tells them, and because they don't know this, um, Bernie still finds many much of this funny on her own. Um, and so she's been singing, when I think about you, I touch myself. And she's decided that as far as they know, that's how you cast this spell. Okay. <laughs> and so she licks her finger and she sticks it on Jonathan's nose and she goes, when I think about you, I touch myself. Bernie, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you cast? So you're yeah, casting, casting lesser restoration, restoration on Jonathan? Yeah. All right. Jonathan, as she touches her nose and then also touches you, because you, ha- you do have to touch him mm-hmm. as well. I so do. Wh- I touch his you- nose. When you think about him, you touch his nose. Uh, yeah, after a second, you feel the, the, the quakes and the tremors and the, the weird ticks stop, and your penalty is gone. Hooray! Right. So do we cure the bear of being an asshole, or do we cure Travancore? What's Travancore's well, I got one condition? More. Um, nothing. this is real, and I'm probably dreaming, and I'm, I'm 95% certain I actually died in that shit mine, and this is all hallucination. But let's cure me first. What's his actual condition? Like, not in character. Oh, uh, negative two to intelligence checks and uh, saving throws. Do you need that? Oh, negative two to saving throws. Yeah, I... I, Bernie doesn't care about your bear. She licks her finger and sticks it on your nose and goes, When I think about you, I touch your nose. This one's going (laughs) in my dream journal. Yeah, and Travancore, even though for a moment you feel a little upset about the fact that Bernie's talking about not caring about your bear, you shrug it off and you're like, ah, this isn't real any- anyway. And then she touches your nose and you feel kind of a warmth roll over your brain as this effect goes away. And you feel that that corner of insanity go away and your your mental stability returns. <sighs> I feel so much better. Imagine our fortunes being determined by the rolls of, of dice. Imagine your bear is still an asshole. Oh, that's right. When I think about you, I touch your... B- no, I don't have any more spells. Who? I do have one third level spell. I can cast Remove Curse. I mean, it it might... That might answer a question just to see if it works. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to, like, really be careful and not do anything dumb today because Bernie ain't gonna be able to heal shit. We got horses. Let's run away from things as we fight them. Bernie casts Remove Curse. It's also instantaneous. It's also touch base. And she goes, when I think about you, I touch your bear. And she touches Shadow on the nose because she feels like that is the most degrading thing she could do. (laughs) (laughs) And for a moment, you kind of have to, uh, you go to touch him on the nose and he pulls his hand away and gives you a very lofty look. And you kind of have to play catch the nose with your finger. But eventually you you do win out and you kind of bop him on the nose and... After a moment, Shadow kind of shakes his head. (laughs) And you don't think you've ever seen a bear look remorseful until this very moment. And she looks at him and she says, I didn't have to do that. And walks away. (laughs) Uh, Bernie, I actually have an idea for today. How many attuned items do you have? Uh... Uh... Stuff? What's attuned? I got the shield. I have a diadem. 
The diadem's not attuned. The shield is. The shield's How many attuned. magic items? I have Stone of Smart Luck, and I have the shields. So I have two attuned items. Okay. Do you want to borrow the pearl for today? What's the pearl do? The pearl of power. Regain up to a third level spell slot. You'd have to attune to it, and I would be down essentially a fireball, but that might be, that might help things, and eventually you just give it back. Uh, unless we find something better and then you can keep it, but it's, it's how I've been able to throw so many fireballs, uh, recently. Yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea, because I have no second level spells left. Yeah, so you could regain either a second level spell, or you could regain that third level spell slot. You can, you can do, do what you want with it, but, uh, so. Do you have three, is three the limit on attuned items? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. Three is the limit. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so Jonathan the Magimuscular gives you the pearl, and we'll need to... I, I'd say that it's a good opportunity to attune to it while everyone else packs up, and then we head out. Yeah. I like that plan. I'll make us some sandwiches for lunch, and I go, mayonnaise. <laughs> Why do you have All to right. take that away from me? <laughs> uh, Bernie, you're too busy attuning. You're spending the next 30 minutes attuning to this pearl. Did you want to use it right away, or were you going to save it for later? I was going to go ahead and use it. Okay. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weird feeling. You grasp this thing as you attune to it. Now that Jonathan has kind of explained what it does, you know kind of the the general idea of how to use it, and you feel it refresh your, your the inner well of your magic, your divine abilities, and, yeah, gives you a spell slot back. That was weird. You can give it back now. You can't use it again until tomorrow. But she can give it back, so they don't have to worry about it. No, no, no. Uh, let hold on to it because if we're if this is going to be a thing for the rest of our time in the crypt garden, hopefully we're not here for too long. But she might need those those restorations and remove curses more than I need a fireball. Precisely. All right. Is there anything else you guys would like to do before you grab your horses and head out? Brief inspection of the moderns to make sure they're okay. Sure. Roll me a uh, investigation check. And now I don't get a penalty for that because I'm back to normal. That That's true, because investigation is an intelligence check, so... 13. They're busy, because horses and poop, but they're busy, and it's hard to... You kind of have to convince one of them at a time to stand still for a moment, and they seem to be in excellent repair. They're a little scuffed up. You can tell they've been working through the night, uh, keeping watch, helping with the horses, helping with... You know, just keeping everything running. But you get the sense that it's it's all surface scratches and just general work. And once y'all are out of the house and they don't have to worry about cleaning up the poop of four different horses and a bear and a dog and everything else, that they'll they'll be fine. That at worst this is a, a small dent in the car. Okay. Clean yourself up when you guys are done. Um, after breakfast, you guys pack up and get on out. Who is deactivating the pocket house? You know, and taking Jonathan the, nu- the Magimuscular almost never gets to do this. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to fill the hole in his pocket that's normally taken up by a pearl with the Aww, nut. His pocket okay. lonely. Carlton never does it because he's always afraid he's going to lose it. That's correct, Carlton. <laughs> There's a reason. We know exactly why Carlton never gets the pocket house. Because you know where he's putting that. In his butt. In his butt. (laughs) In fairness, you must be impressed by the fact that you are intelligent enough to know that you might lose it and take the correct precautions. So, you know, it's not so bad. It's either I put it in my pocket and risk losing it, or I put it in the pocket that I will never lose, and then I'm 
forever in charge of this because no one will touch it again. Nature's yeah, pocket. Right. Yeah. I'm not touching also, your you'll be making nut. constitution saving throws. <laughs> Jonathan, you reach down and spend the moment. It's a I big just nut. Imagine failing that saving throw and it pops out and activates. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm not going in there. <laughs> Wouldn't it forever smell like oh. poo? <laughs> things, things I wish that would I'm happen. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. will never happen. I'm Jonathan, <laughs> you deactivate the teleportation circle and put the nut away. And it's it's a little depressing after being in the house, which was so comforting, after Bernie being able to heal you guys of these ailments and, and feeling a little bit more upbeat about your, your chances here in the forest. There is that moment as you step back out into the mud and the gray and the depression that it's just it's it sucks but you have a job to do you are at this point in the very outer edge of the forest you you kind of entered the main part the 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 very tree line of the forest you found where the remains of these elves were you got a little bit away from where you uh, cremated them and activated the the house but at this point you're well off the road and you're in this decrepit forest where would you like to go uh so is there any is there any way we can track maybe where the the shit is coming from like like are there vectors or ripples that we can kind of follow that that would help us help lead us can we ask our friend (gasps) i can detect good and evil and magic i cannot talk to the dead body again (laughs) you have a variety of ways to track things, both natural and arcane. What what would you like to explore? Let's let's try let's do it from a couple of different ways. Travancore. Yeah. Why don't you see if there's any any sort of natural lines that we can follow that might that might be converging? Uh I will I will check and see if there's any like like tendrils or streams of ill magic that that I can maybe track and see where that's coming from and and uh Bernie can probably do the same with some, with any kind of like like maybe try and find where our dream friend is coming from where where she's talking to I us mean, from what was the goddess we decided she was you suspected thanks to Carlton that my leaky might have made an appearance in your dream you can't be 100 percent sure but she seemed from what she said and what carlton knows about that and you know about that goddess that seemed to line up um could bernie pray to a goddess not her own you can try you don't know how bay would feel about that how about bernie calls bay and asks her if she's got my leaky's um like number praying to becky with a good hair no are you, are you looking to just get down on your knees and pray to a, to Bay, or were you going to use augury? How, how would you like to contact your goddess? While she's figuring that out, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to roll an Arcana check. Yep, and Travancore, you're going to roll a nature yeah. check? Okay. Bernie's going to use aug. Wait, no, because Augury's wheeler well. Right. We What we want to do is is more... Because, like, yeah, we want to we wanna try and figure out where we need to go. Maybe Bernie, because I've got some first level stuff, like detect detect good and evil's first level. That might work. If maybe we're combine looking- it with some meditation. Maybe maybe Maliki will uh, speak to you via bay. Hold on, no, that's detect good and evil's not what we need actually. While you're kind of thinking through your repertoire, Travancore, what'd you roll? Twelve for nature, and Jonathan, what'd you roll for Arcana? Fourteen. Okay. 
the two of you, as Bernie kind of mentally goes through the spells she's prepared for the day and tries to see if there's anything she thinks would work, you... You don't go too far, but you kind of go 5, 10, 15 feet away from the group and circle around a little bit, kind of getting a lay of the land. It's really hard to notice anything in this. Travancore, you think as you travel that you might be able to pick up on changes in the environment. You've already noticed a stark change the closer you've gotten to the forest about how how intense the rot has been. So you suspect that the closer you get to wherever this demon is actually holed up, the worse it will get. And that if it starts to get better, you're going the wrong direction. But just looking around in this general area, you can't see any visual or smell any difference. Jonathan, it's kind of the same thing, especially since this isn't necessarily a, a magical thing that's happening. This is more just the natural world reacting to this otherness. You think as you travel, if you were to kind of keep an eye out and do some regular checks, you might notice a difference and maybe kind of pick up on a general direction. But at the moment, you don't have enough to go on. Okay. All right. Well, we'll try again uh, tomorrow, maybe. Well, see if um, things get worse. In the meantime, Bernie's just going to pray then. Okay, uh, before you pray, so in the meantime... Well, I figure if nothing else, we know where we entered, what part of the Kukarnagar forest we entered from. We could head in a, like towards the center of the place by default and then follow that cue to just go in the direction where things get worse, do you head in that direction? Yeah, and, and that's that makes sense. That That's a good place to start. Okay, and as you guys kind of... You'll pull out your, your maps at this point and kind of pour over the Crypt Garden Forest, which, as Carlton knows from, from his memory, is unfortunately, like most things in life, is not some kind of perfect circle or square. It's kind of this oddly shaped forest, so there isn't a, a very clear, oh, this is the center. But you have a vague idea. You guys have entered from the south of the forest, kind of on the eastern-ish, southeastern-ish edge of it. And you're pretty sure, at least for the next 10 to 20 miles, it's going to be northwest in order to get deeper into the forest. And then there's kind of a, a little bit of a gray area, depending on how far you go. It's 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 a oddly shaped exterior of a forest and so at that point you're probably going to have to get some more information but if you're looking for deeper into the forest then definitely northwest bernie uh so you said you just wanted to take a moment and pray to bay yes do i need to roll a religion check yeah if you would like to just take a, a quiet moment somewhere and pray uh let me know what you say and go ahead and roll a religion check got a 23 so hopefully she picks up Okay, and what do you, what would you like to what would you like to say in your prayer? Hi, friend. Last time we talked, you said you wanted me to help this thing that was in the forest, and I think her name is Myleki, and she kind of came to me in a dream, and I'm not sure what how kosher that is, or if you want to take care of that at some later date, um, because I feel like beating on someone when they're down is probably not a good look. But here's the deal. Every night we spend in this forest, we get more and more poisoned and we kind of rot. And that's kind of really, really, really bad. And I was given the impression last time we talked that you wanted me to help my leaky. And, well, 
I'm running out of spell slots, and we're running out of, like, actual things we can do, and I'm 98% sure that her own acolytes can't take care of this shit, so we're kind of all she's got. So could you point us in a very expedient direction to this rod demon so we just kind of slaughter it and then kill its altar and all that kind of shit? Thank you. You You're welcome. Um, say all of this with expediency, and say a few other gnomish prayers kind of more under your breath, and wait... And and you know that, in general, it's fairly rare for you to feel the touch of your goddess directly. It took being at an altar in Waterdeep with your community and some very special moments in order... That was the last time you felt her, and before that, it had been months. The fact that you feel her at all is what makes you special. Your knees sink into the mud a little bit, and it's wet. And it smells, and it sucks, and nothing happens. All right, friends. Um, so to the center of the forest. Sounds like the plan. Yep. What ho? So you guys, in general, are gonna go northwest and see what you find, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and if I can, I'm going to every night try and and send a sending to uh to Laros to let him know of our progress. I definitely want to let him know that there there is an actual tangible evil over this forest that that can affect people. So that if if for whatever reason he he does we do get lost or die in here, that he doesn't just round up his troops and come in cuz they'll never stand a chance. We can only get lost by magical okay. means. But Magic. Well, lost as in lost as in we're dead. Ah. That's that's what in yeah, that that's what I meant by lost. Ah. Well, that can happen by many means. You guys start to head northwest through this forest. Unlike the other forest that you were in a couple days ago with the giants, this is a, a true forest of trees that wall. A lot of them are dead and dying and rotting. They were much closer together. The ground itself, because of the the constant kind of depressing mist and rain in the air, is and the death of most of the the ground shrubs and grass, uh, coupled with how cold it is, is kind of this weird slushy, icy mixture. At night, it's getting cold enough for everything to freeze over, and then as the day progresses, it all just turns into slushy mud. And between weaving through these close trees and the, the ground cover itself, it is difficult to move. The horses are powering through, and, and Coco Snoot is, is doing his best, but certainly you are moving much, much slower than you normally would be. And after about... An hour or two. Uh, I would love you all to roll perception checks. Well, at least uh, Bucks is on the ball. Nah. Good old Bucks, buddy. Let me get perceptions from... Uh, well, let, let's start with Jonathan and Bucks. Uh, Jonathan gets five. Bucks gets an 18. Good job, Bucks. <laughs> and Carlton? Uh, Carlton got 12. And Travancore? 21 for Travancore, 16 for Shadow. And Bernie? 12. Okay. Uh, and I'm assuming, is Bucks near you guys? Is he flying above? Where exactly is Bucks? It, yeah, and where Bucks exactly is, is Shadow, I should ask? Bucks is kind of flying above us, like stopping in trees as we move along to kind of like preen and then and then moving on to the next tree or just kind of just kind of soaring, just kind of like taking in the wind if he can, not not getting too far ahead or behind us. 
Is it like that okay. scene in the animated Hobbit where Bilbo has to climb up the trees in the forest and it's like really shitty because they're in Mirkwood, but then he gets to the top and it's like butterflies and beautiful. And so like Bucks has this really nice like option to see the non-shitty part of the forest and we're all stuck there and then songs by America start playing. <laughs> you can never say goodbye. Sadly, the answer to that is no, because most of these are either uh, dead or dying trees or pines that are dead or dying or, you know, other uh, deciduous trees in this forest. The The higher up he goes, the more depressing it looks because yeah. he is fully expecting a winter forest. But even a winter forest this far north with this many evergreens should still have a tinge of green to it. And there's just nothing. Yeah. On the plus side, it makes it a lot easier. While he hates landing in any of these trees because it just feels disgusting, the view is it's much easier for him to look around because there's really not a lot in the way up there where everything is dead. So Bucks is flying up above, uh, and where is Shadow as as you guys walk? Shadow is immediately to my right. Okay. Right hand bear. As you guys are kind of walking, so Shadow's immediately to the right, Bucks is above, we'll just kind of put him off to the side for a second. What's the, the marching order here? Uh, I guess I would kind of be towards the front since I'm familiar with the area somewhat. I mean, it, it looks very different since the last time I was here, but... I've got a general feel, I believe, of the area. Yeah, it's it's been weird, but yeah, I mean, at, at even least... if I don't have a general feel, I'm gonna act like I have a feel because, like, I know where I'm at. <laughs> okay, and but so I'll probably I would be probably front. say like Travancore is next since he's the since he can operate in any wilderness, not just this one. Bernie's in the yeah. middle, and I guess uh, I guess JMM is bringing up the rear. So, are you guys just in a straight line as you walk through the forest? Uh, no, we is can that what I'm getting? Can, well, can we go like two by two? Like stagger, yeah. I mean, it's it's a forest, so you guys can kind of be in any general, you know, how close you guys want to be. How let's generally know, yeah, be, be trees, like but- like diamond, like where like Carlton is at the front, then Bernie and Travancore, and then kind of like uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular at the at the tail end. So like like not a line, but sort of like flying diamond, as it were. Okay. And then Shadow off to Travancore's right. Uh, Bernie's on Coco's snoot. All of you are on your horses and Buck's flying above. Excellent. So as you guys are trooping through this depressing forest, Bernie, you're still a little distracted by the fact that you couldn't get a hold of Bay. You know that that's common. Like, it's actually, it is a rare occurrence that she contacts you or that when you try to contact her, she responds. But you feel like, ah, in this instance... This is the moment, right? And so you're a little distracted by that. Carlton, yeah, you recognize and both don't recognize this. That's throwing me for a loop. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's it's You expect things, and then when you see what they actually are, it's depressing, and you try to shake out of it, but it's it's a little difficult to concentrate. And Jonathan, you're just totally distracted by everything. It's it's This is not your comfort zone at all. Fortunately, as you check in with Bucks up um, above and your ranger friend and his bear next to you, the um, the three of them, Bucks, Shadow, and Travancore, immediately hear noises off to the right. You hear sloshing noises and the occasional, Ugh. and 
as you kind of all... That's some weird, like, we've got a weird, like, sexy noises theme going on in this podcast today, don't we? Oh, that was not sexy. Trust me. There was nothing (laughs) sexy uh, about the creatures. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, if you want these zombies to be sexy as they come Bernie's shambling. Bernie's like, mildly like, what do you think about <laughs> Yeah, so as as you guys, as Shadow, Travancore, and Bucks hear this noise and the, the sloshing and they look off to the right, um, alerting everybody to what's going on, you now kind of clearly see these three horrid, rotting corpses of humanoid figures that... You missed at first mostly because oh, oh, with everything else in this forest, they are just brown and gray and dead and, and depressing. And it was only the sloshing in the mud of their feet that really alerted you at all. And we can roll initiative. I just want you to all to know I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I believe you, Carlton. Okay. <laughs> I will, however, take care of the problem. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting, but stupid. <laughs> oh, I do have but. to roll initiative, don't I? That's yeah, important. Do. Oh, good. Bernie's going to go last. <laughs> How lovely. I've got the one spell that can solve this actually immediately. Well, hopefully they're not very fast. Oh, you you can tell by looking at them they're not very fast. They're not very fast at all. Uh, Bucks? Uh, Bucks gets a 19. And Bernie? Bernie got a 3. And Travancore? Travancore got a 12-17 for Shadow. Okay, okay, so I'll get to Shadow in just a second. Jonathan? 10. And Carlton? 15. Coco Snoot should not be on this initiative, and I'm sorry, what was Shadow? 17. Okay, you see these horrible, rotting corpses off to the right. Um, Travancore, Shadow, and Bucks, thankfully, are able to give you guys enough warning that they're, they're still quite a bit away. Bucks gets to go first. What would you like him to do? Bucks is going to fly straight up and kind of watch out for anyone else in inbound. Okay, go ahead and have him roll a perception check. Uh, that's going to be a nine. Okay. At the moment, he doesn't really see anything else as he looks around. He just sees the, the these three shambling, horrible zombies coming towards you. And unless there's anything else you'd like to do... Wow, all the animal companions, nope, one initiative. It. Shadow, it's your turn. Okay. So, Shadow is going to run up to the one who's all by himself to the right. All right. right in his face, and he's going to bite this fellow. I'm guessing a seven is not going to hit him, though. Sadly, no. He, um, this thing is not wearing any armor, rotted clothes, seems to be slow, but Shadow is just completely grossed out by this decrepit, decaying corpse in front of him and can't seem to bring himself to bite down into its flesh. All right, Shadow will wait for his next turn to draw zomb blood or whatever zombies have, I guess, motor oil. I feel like they have blood and it's kind of congealing, you know, like it's it's whatever, it's, I mean, it's blood, but it's blood after however many days your body is spent decomposing. So like Jello. (laughs) <laughs> well, you guys can take a sample once once this fight is over. Carlton, you're up next. B-L-O-O-D. That's Ugh. me. All right, let's see. Um, gonna go. Run, five. I can't get into flanking with any of them, so I will focus fire, though. And I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little upset that I don't know my own forest anymore. 
Uh, some would say that it makes puts me into a rage. Would you, though? Because that's important. I do say that it makes puts me into a rage. Okay. And I'm going to wail on this 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 thing, ill repute. Uh, 16 to hit. Uh, 16 absolutely hits. It's going to do 12 slashing and necrotic. How much of that is the necrotic? Let's see. It's going to be three points of it is necrotic. Okay. As you slash into it, you leave this giant gash in its chest as it's wearing rags and and rotted away flesh. Normally, you would watch after you've made this wound as the necrotic damage seeps in. Nothing seems to happen. So it was eight points of slashing? Uh, well, yeah, before modifier. So slashing. Uh, How much yeah, slashing I, damage? All right. Uh, so that's going to be nine. Okay. So yeah, your, your um, halberd does halberd? How are we supposed to be saying this? Hel- I don't know. We, Hel- we butchered her every week. Someone is angry with us about it, but are you guys angry? I'm not angry. Anyway, that leaves a gaping wound. I'm not smart. But it's Halbred. <laughs> like, if you had a bakery and your name was Hal. <laughs> It'd be Halbred. But the R Hel- comes Hel- after If the we e. open up a bake shop in, in, in Waterdeep. <gasps> oh my God. I can't believe I fucking said Waterdeep. God damn, we are the worst. Now you know how it feels. No, you didn't. You did it accidentally. This is weird. Ah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna hold on a second. I'm gonna solve this problem according to how to pronounce that. Tell me if this Halbert. 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 Such a pretty name. Halbert. Halbert. His name's uh, Halbert. Anyways. Got my name. Hal is feel- in the name. Bird is in the animal. There we go. Halbert According to the internet, Halbert. So your Halbert slashes across this zombie, the actual blade leaving a gaping wound, but the necrotic damage that you expect doesn't seem to happen. Like the lead singer of Judas Priest, Rob Halbert. You know, the, I've practiced this enough where I have, like, this technique where I kind of do, like, I swing once and then follow through for that second attack. So it's going to be with the halberd. Uh, and that's going to do, just, do you want me to just ignore the necrotic? Yeah, just give me the slashing damage. Uh, it's going to be 10 points of slashing. And seeing that the, sla- uh, it's not rotting away like I'm used to, uh, all, while it swings away, I kind of holster it and grab the great axe. Okay, so kind of at the end of your turn, you finish up this, the, these two attacks, put it away, grab your great axe. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? I'm going to look at it and go. <laughs> it doesn't seem to notice you. Travancore, it's your turn. How's it not notice me? I just slashed it up. It's yeah. dead. Well, it notices that, but it doesn't seem to have a response to your raspberry. Travancore, I was hoping it would try like to, to do the do? same thing, but a jaw falls off. The Viceroy <laughs> of Glenmar, seeing value in focusing fire and dropping this wide to the right early, is going to cast Hunter's Mark on the one that Shadow and Carlton are in front of. Sure. And he is going to attack him with his, one of his patented arrows. Go for it. In my head, Travancore truly believes he has patented the design for the arrow. Even though it's been around <laughs> since before he was born, he's like, yeah. I made this, and everybody in his kingdom, it's because he's the ruler, is like, yes, he made this. And they're like, no, he didn't fucking make this. But well, his family him. could own the patent. His family, maybe his family owns the patent. You also don't exactly know how old the flare bow is. It's true. That's true. Well, that's not that I found that. Um, so I rolled 18. Uh, that definitely hits. Arrow sinks into this zombie. Go ahead and roll damage. You got it. Oh, max damage. Nice. And then we'll roll the hunter's mark. So that's going to be 12 damage plus two extra. So, 14 total? Yep. 
All right, so your arrow sinks into this thing. Cool. All right, your arrow sinks into the body of this zombie, piercing kind of almost right through its chest in this epic shot that it happens to hit right where Carlton slashed it and just comes out the other side in a shower of black blood and necrotic flesh. It sinks to its knees, and then it seems to find its strength again and stands back up. Well, then it's a good thing Shadow has a reaction. He's going to bite this fellow. All right. Go ahead and roll a bite. Uh, and I say, make sure you spit it out, Brer Buddy. And Shadow, does, he's still getting over his self-loathing for how he acted before because he, he rolled a mere nine. Uh, he actually manages to hit. That is Sweet. Yeah, it was just enough. He, he grimaces when he does it, but this time he grabs this thing with his maw. All Spit right. it out. Spit it out, boy. And that's going to do seven damage. All right. And he takes a chunk out of this zombie's side and pulls back and then spits it out onto the ground, disgusted. The zombie reels over to the right-hand side, part of its, its whole uh, torso just at this point missing, and then writes itself. Ugh. All right, Travancore is going to use his maximum amount of movement to move back 40, uh, 30 feet. Don't worry, guys. I got this. I can, I can take care of this. Carlton, did you stay on the- are, all of you are still on your horses, right? I'm assuming? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't dismount. Oh, okay. Oh, so I probably could have went flanking because of his speed. Oh, well, then I'm going to say at this point, you got off your horse. Because then I wouldn't have had movement to run up to where I did. Mm. So right, I so we'll forgot say, I was on the horse. We'll say you got off the horse. Mid-stride. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do we'll do it that way. I think that's probably the fairest thing. But Travancore, you're staying on your horse? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have more I have more movement then actually. Um but I'll, I think 40 is fine. You, you can do Jonathan. It's fine. Bernie says, right. Jonathan, don't waste any big spell slots. I got yeah. this. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to back up to parallel to Travancore and he is going to ready a fireball it uh, on Bernie's command. Word. Okay. So you're going to ready your action. It is the zombie's turn. The one that Shadow and Carlton are wailing on reaches out with its its hand, makes a fist, and is going to try to slam into Carlton. No. I say no. 17 versus AC? I say yes. That hits. All right. Uh... <laughs> no. Did you mean yes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be five bludgeoning damage reduced to two because of your yes. rage. Of course. The other two see two fleshy targets come running up to it. And so they are going to change direction. And they are not smart enough to get into uh, true flanking just yet. But Carlton, you have two more meaty fists coming at your back. I mean, it's not like tanking is in my name or anything like that. Uh, 13, I don't think hits. No. Nah. The 17 barely uh, connected. But the 21 will hit, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, he can suck it. But that's only three bludgeoning damage, so you take one. It it hits, it stings a little bit, but is it's it like, certainly... It's, I'm more, I think I get more, I think it's like one psychic damage because of how gross it is. Like, yeah, get it off, get it off, get it off, get off, get off. Bernie, get it off. I'm it's pretty bad. To. It'll be okay. Calm down, It Yano. smells worse than me. Calm yourself. As Carlton calls out to Bernie in horror about 
being hit by basically corpses. Bernie, as you are preparing to do whatever you are preparing to do, you hear a horrible shriek come from your left and a glowing figure appears that some of you kind of recognize the the weird light that this thing seems to be giving off as a humanoid figure almost transparent translucent fades out of the trees her horrifying vestige curled up in a, a silent scream she's got 40 feet of movement is this a banshee you don't know what it is except that it's terrifying oh lovely right up in my grill this is where I wanted it to be. Travancore, I need you to make a charisma saving throw. Oh, well, let's see. That's, uh, <laughs> eight. All right. You're a little surprised by this thing that basically floats up to you out of the darkness, and you have the briefest of moments to react and try to kind of fend it off before it continues its movement. It doesn't stop at you. It just passes through and into you. And uh, you are currently possessed. Awesome! Uh, Bernie, you don't necessarily see any of this because your back is to it as you're focused on the zombies. Uh, but it, that is the end of their turn. Bernie, it is your turn. I am going to move 10 feet towards the zombies. Okay. Just straight towards them? Yes. All right, you nudge Coco Snoot a little forward. It's going to be okay, puppy. It's, I know they smell. Um, and she is going to cast, well, not really cast, but she's going to use her divine intervention. Because she is at a level five or higher, we are at level five, right? Yeah, I believe you guys are level six, six right? Six, yeah, we're six. Correct. Mm. Yes, I knew that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice save. <laughs> she is going to... Uh, what was turn undead will become destroy undead, and all of those zombies need to make a wisdom saving throw. All right. We will start with the um, the one next to shadow. We'll start from the bottom and go up. So wisdom. I'll be so mad if these are wise zombies. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's a five. I'm sure he fails. The one directly to his north rolls a natural 20. Fuck me. Technically, that means it's an 18, but it is a natural 20. The last one rolls a nine. So two of them clearly fails. One of them does succeed. So uh, with your your leveled up turn undead, tell me what happens on successes and failures. Um, On a success, those, well, on a, on a failure for those two, a success for me, those two are immediately destroyed. Okay. If I remember correctly, it actually says that, that undead that fail. Immediately destroyed. Immediately yeah, there's destroyed. a it, there's right. a table for the CR, but I would imagine yeah. those things no, are. They're, I'm sure they're low enough. All right. So yeah, these two just, um, you feel this radiant wave come out of Bernie and pass through all one, two, three, four, five figures that are right there. Carlton and Shadow, it passes through you harmlessly. It, fe it almost feels warm. The two zombies, uh, though, immediately disintegrate into ash. And nothing happens to the other one. That's the shit part. It's an all or nothing kind of situation. All right. Well, hey, two out of three ain't bad. Bernie's gonna... Bernie's gonna... Well, she didn't have to use a spell. It is an action. I censure them. I censure them. I scold them. 
That's how they died. They died from a, a wicked-ass scolding. Top of the round, Bucks is up. He's flying overhead. Do you want him to do anything else? No, he's going to actually... Guys, come Bucks was unable to tell us about this, like, shrieking lady. Yeah, he he's... feels a little bad that he didn't see the shrieking lady, but it seemed to well, come out of nowhere. if he feels bad, he's going to come to right here. Okay. And so he... he... You call him down and he flies beside you. And he is going to start scritching on Travancore to help him uh, maybe shake this condition. Okay. And we'll get to that when it's Travancore's turn. Shadow is up. The zombie Actually, next on. to- He is going to delay. He is going to ready an action to, to help him once I say so. I, I have okay. a plan. All right. Slight difference there, but I understand. Okay, Shadow is up, and the zombie that was that was exchanging blows with him has turned to ash. There's still one more left. Uh, what would you like Shadow to do? All right, Shadow will move into flanking with this uh, zombie uh, opposite Carlton. Sure. And he's going to try and bite this fellow as, as untasty as they are. And good thing he has advantage. Uh, 23, but that's a natural 20. All right. Yeah, he is he is super inspired by this radiant blast that has killed off these other two. And he wants to finish this third. Uh, go ahead and roll damage and you'd get to double your dice. Nice. Oh, 10 damage. 10. Oh, yeah, because you rolled the. All right. 10 damage. Uh, a mighty bite from Shadow to, uh, right into this thing's thigh. And it staggers a bit, but it is, is still standing. Nuts. And Carlton. That's me. I'm that going to... I know. I'm happy about that. All right, so I've got my axe on me. I'm going to ask a question, because I haven't asked a question in a while. 18? Oh, absolutely. 16. 16. 16 total. Okay, 16. You just slam this axe. It feels good to have your, your axe in your hand again. You slam it down into the shoulder of this thing, uh, almost driving it to its knees in the ground. Uh, yeah, and then as you pull it out, you see a little bit of that congealed blood splurt a bit. And as uh, it does fall to the ground and lies there and seems to be dead. Again, stay down. It doesn't turn to ash like uh, Bernie's excellent ones do, but it My does fall to the ground and is no longer moving. All right, and I didn't see uh, Travancore get possessed, so I'm going to leisurely walk back to my party like, guys, we did it. All right. Nope, he's possessed. <laughs> What's up? He's possessed. He's possessed. As, he, as he tries to say quickly, he's possessed. Travancore, unbidden, you, you find yourself looking at what used to be your allies, and they are foreign to you. They are enemies to you. You turn in your horse towards Jonathan who is on his horse right beside you. Did you catch maid armor? Nope. Didn't think so. Without really knowing why or how, unbidden, an arrow uh, comes to your hand, enters your bow, and you attack Jonathan. I need you to make a ranged attack against Jonathan uh, without your proficiency bonus. Okay. And would it be at disadvantage because of how close he is? No, we're, I don't do that in my games, remember? I don't. I never go ranged, so I always forget. It's okay. Not my character to remember. <laughs> All right, that's my job. He, you, one can dream, though, that she'll start making that roll for he, the only time. He rolled higher than my AC, so. All right. Yeah, that arrow sinks into Jonathan. Um, Travancore, go ahead and roll damage. 
Uh, you max that one. Yeah, you take 12 damage as Travancore's arrow sinks into your side. You, It's not a total surprise as you saw what happened with this ethereal figure, uh-huh. but it still it still hurts. All right. Uh, and Travancore, I need you to make a charisma saving throw. Got it. So is Buck scratching on me to give me advantage on this or no? Uh, I, as I yell out, I yell, Buck's now. All right. Then I guess now is his ready to action. 12. Yeah, you feel the scritches of uh, this owl next to you, and as you try to shake off this kind of numbing effect, nothing seems to happen. Uh, Jonathan, it's your turn. All right. Uh, well, I have a way to handle this, uh, and I cast Hold Person on, on Travancore. Okay. Uh, what's the saving throw on that? I believe it is Wisdom, and it should be DC 16. Okay. Can Bucks do anti anti aid? Like distract him so he gets disadvantage on the saving throw? No, he only has one um held action per I turn. I feel like Bucks could be annoying enough to uh, to to impose disadvantage on a save. He absolutely could if it was Bucks's turn or if he hadn't already uh had a readied action that went off. But in this case, sadly he can't. Fortunately, uh, whatever the thing that is inside of Travancore is unable to resist your spell, and you do hold his person. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to beckon Bucks to join him over here. Hiss. Well, Bucks can move on his turn. That's the end of your turn? Yep. Okay. I And I do move over here. Oh, you want to move away? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you move up next to Carlton and Bernie. And as I move, I'm like holding him force force hold style, and it's like, yep, he's possessed, but I've I've got him for a little bit. Don't know how long I'm gonna too. I can fix this too. Don't worry, I got this. I got this. I got it. I got a thing for this. Alright, well, I didn't want to hurt him, so here he is. There's a moment in where as Travancore is held there in Jonathan's magical grip, nothing seems to happen, and then this uh, phantasmal force floats out of him, uh, moves to there, opens its mouth, and screams at the top of its its range. And it's been so like quiet it. in the forest that it's not only is this horrifying, but it just pierces the silence. And that's not a spell, right? No, this is not a spell at all. I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw. This includes Bucks and Shadow. And I'll I'll call out for you guys just because I know there's a lot of rolling going on, so. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Oh, this is bad. Wisdom saving throws. Bucks. Bucks gets a not particularly good. I think he gets a 10. Yeah, he gets a 10. Okay. Travancore. 22. And Bernie. Nine. Bernie. And Carlton? Uh, Carlton gets a crying in the corner begging for his mama. So you, uh, what'd you actually get? A seven. Okay, and Jonathan? Uh, 24. So drink! Oh, that was a natural 20? Yep. And Shadow? Five. Okay, Travancore and Jonathan, as this thing shrieks, it hurts. And it's painful, and it's, for a moment, terrifying, but you kind of shrug it off and steal yourself. Travancore, you're still held by Jonathan's hold person, so it's almost as though 
only being able to focus on your mind for this moment helps steal you from this thing's shriek. And Jonathan, you're holding Travancore, so the two of you are kind of almost preoccupied. The rest of you, uh, as the shriek pierces your brain, and this does include both Bucks and Shadow, so Bucks, Shadow, Bernie, and Carlton, you guys are frightened. This thing is horrifying, and you are literally frightened by it. And for those that don't remember the frightened condition... You have to run. No, no, you just can't get closer. You're not turned. Yeah. So frightened means you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of your fear is within sight, and you can't willingly move towards the source of your fear. Also... I need the four of you that failed to uh, roll a d4. Uh-oh. 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 Bucks rolls a three. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't. All right, so this one's in a four. Like, this, I'm just going bad. I don't know. I got a four. One for Shadow. Carlton got a one. As this wave of fear passes over you, you feel like you've aged prematurely. It's uh, what? it's so horrifying that you you can almost feel some of your life has been leached out of you. Yeah, Bucks rolled a three? Yeah. What's the average age of an owl? How how old do pygmy owls live? I don't know. I don't like that you asked that question. I, I don't know. I could Google it. I'm, God, I'm actually... is Bernie going to turn into a grandma? <laughs> All right, so here's the good news. The first owl that I looked up lives for 20 years. We're going to say that Bucks is not 20 years old. Um, Buck's age is three years. Um, we'll say he's, uh, average age owl of, let's say, seven-ish. And so you see him just kind of shudder a little bit, and a couple of his feathers fall out, but he still seems to be okay. Bernie, you age four years, and Carlton and Shadow both age one. Um, Shadow feels it a little bit more than Carlton, but you all still seem to be okay. Bucks, Jonathan gives you a very panicked look, as that was terrifying. Um, and as that is done, Bernie, it's your turn. You are currently frightened by this thing. All right, Bernie is scared. She's scared. So she is going to cast Silence. Okay. And that just, I think that just yeah, happens, right? it's instantaneous. So here's the thing. Here's what I was thinking. I could cast silence on this thing and it can move. Or I can cast silence on a nice little bubble. And I can stay exactly where I am. Bernie, go ahead and roll a nature check. Because, like... It's 13. I just figured if I cast silence, it creates a bubble. This isn't like, this doesn't to me require a check. The idea being I cast silence in a bubble and I stay in that bubble because it says no sound can penetrate it. So if she says anything outside that bubble, I can't hear it. This is true. And if I cast silence around her, she can move outside of the bubble. Like I can place the bubble, she can move in and out of it. So if I cast silence in a nice little bubble... Around the three of us. All of this is very true. However, as you begin to concentrate on silence, thinking through this, you take another moment to look at this creature. And between you being a cleric and truly understanding the nature of the undead and your check, you're pretty sure this is a ghost. 
and you're pretty sure it you you don't need to hear it and it doesn't need to speak to do any of its horrific things. You are pretty sure silence would not stop this thing at all. All right, so I'm going to cast my spirit guardians. Okay. That's a third level That's spell. Good call. They're they're divine. This thing's a ghost. They're going to fuck her up. And then uh, and so they are basically anytime they enter this on a so it's a, a 15 feet so I think she's within 15 feet, so she's going to have to take some. She is currently within 15 feet of you, yes. Do you want me to do Spirit Gardens first and then my bonus action second? Do you want me to do, like, the damage for Spirit Guardians? Well, when you cast it, do does the creature take damage immediately or do they take it at the beginning of their turn? Um, yeah, basically any number of people is unaffected, so they're infected. So, yeah. So then as my bonus action, I'm going to get my spiritual weapon out. Sure. And it's going to look like that thing from Ghostbusters, you know, the like proton pack. Proton pack. It's going to look like proton Bernie's going to suddenly have a proton pack on her. Uh, nice. All right. Because that's awesome, I'll say that the last uh, play you heard about before you left your gnomish enclave to go adventuring was um, the new version of the uh, clerics who hate ghosts. And <laughs> you are very familiar with the while you didn't actually see the full thing because you were leaving you were able to actually get enough of some of their costumes and stuff to recreate their their holy symbol that they use to trap ghosts in where would you like to place it it's going to be right up next to her and it's going to attack her and i understand i have disadvantage in front or behind um if it's behind her is there flanking no, because no one's next to it. I'm just, it's more, what do but you think? But if you put it behind them, then like Carlton would have flanking and that would negate his disadvantage. I can't. Yeah, but currently, currently can't. Closer. Carlton oh, can't right, move right. towards it. <sighs> let's put it behind her. But Jonathan her. the Magimuscular can. Let's put it behind her. Yeah. Okay. And, then- and I'm going to like triple check. Because we did spiritual weapon wrong, so I'm going to make sure. Uh. Oh, it's just, no, no, it's the bonus action and then one attack. You guys, I hate having disadvantage. No, okay, so yes, you when you create this, when you cast a spell, which is a bonus action, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet. Okay, so you can go ahead and make the attack. It will be a disadvantage because it is you attacking. It's not some ethereal spiritual weapon. So go ahead and make your attack. I didn't hit it, unless a nine hits it. Uh, it does not. It's it just, your fear kind of overrides enough of this thing that it you just barely miss it. So that was your bonus action and your action. Would you like to move? Um, I mean, Bernie can move a little far, far away. Far, far away sounds good. Okay. How far away would you like to move? Uh, what's my maximum far, far awayness? You would know this. Uh, 30 feet. I think it's 30 feet on Coco Snoot. All right. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. All right, you back up towards where Shadow is, and uh, it is Bucks' turn. Bucks is currently frightened by this thing and is, is feeling very frail. Here's that the command to fly away. So he is going to uh, fly as far as he can away. Too bad Bucks couldn't like swoop in and give me advantage on some shit. He can't move closer. Ah. He's, he's frightened by it. So yeah, he bolts as he gets to kind of the outer ranges of your senses you can feel that he is a celestial grappling with a sense of mortality which is disturbing don't worry buddy we'll figure it out 
it's Shadow's turn. Shadow is also frightened by this ghost and can't move towards it. So while Shadow can't move towards it, as long as it doesn't get within any closer radius of this being, Shadow could dash towards Travancore, towards the bottom, in like a sort of semicircle arc, right? Yeah, like a very sharp banana. Yeah, he would have to... Oh, God, because he is like 60 feet away, so five. He's 55 feet away, um, so that's... I don't know how close he could get, but he can definitely try. So Shadow's normal movement is about 40 feet, but if he uses dash as his action, then he'd be able to double that, right? Oh, yeah. He can, so that would he do can, it. Yeah, he's not going to attack. He can move and dash. So he, I just wanted to get towards, towards Travancore, because he saw, like, you know, help him hold and everything like that. I think Tra- Shadow just needs to be near Travancore. All right. So the problem is that the ghost is between, literally, between Travancore and Shadow. And right. so he has to stay at this point 55 feet away from this thing. Right, so it, it wouldn't be able to make the entire run, but it would be able to do the, the arc a little bit closer, at least get halfway, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll say we'll say without going into crazy amounts of movement, he essentially gets halfway, because um, he has to do a wide berth. Carlton, it is your turn. You are currently frightened by this thing. Oh, shit! Hold on a second. Uh-oh. I no, don't no, like no, 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 this might be good for you guys. Hold on. Okay. I am so sorry. We needed to be making saving throws at the end of everybody's turn. So uh, let's let's just do that. We haven't gone too far. Bernie, you can go ahead and make a, what was it? A wisdom saving throw. It won't affect anything that you guys did because it's at the end of your turn, but I totally forgot. I got a 24. Am I not frightened of her anymore? You, as you do all of this and move all the way back and then you take a second and concentrate and close your eyes and when you reopen your eyes, you shake off the effects. You are no longer frightened. As Bucks reaches the edge of his movement, have him make a wisdom saving throw. Eleven. He's still frightened. He's still gonna go. Shadow, as he arcs around this ghost, have him make a wisdom saving throw. Huh, five. He's still horrified by this thing. He's still frightened. Travancore, you are still being held by Jonathan. I delay my turn until after Jonathan's turn. I don't think that's how this works. Well, he gets a saving throw against it anyway. Uh, the end of the turn, though, right? Yeah. Well, did you get, did you do a saving throw at the end of the last turn you were held by me? I... No, because at that point, he was also possessed by the ghost, and the ghost did not make a save out of the... Uh, yeah. That she just decided to leave um, and left him held there. So Travancore can make a save against Jonathan's hold. Um, I believe if he removes himself from the initiative, he can reinsert himself at his new position. It's not readying, it's he's removing himself from no, initiative. No, that's not a thing. Yeah, but that's you, a- you can only ready Yeah, you can only ready an action, and at this moment, because he is held, he doesn't have an action. You can't, yeah, you can't do that. You used to be able to essentially oh, delay, but you can't anymore. It's not a thing. No, I don't do, we don't do that. Uh, let me check one quick thing. Okay. Uh, but you Jonathan, get- are you still concentrating on it? Uh, I haven't had- Would you have dropped concentration when you saw it? I haven't had an opportunity to. Gotcha. Okay, here's the good news, Travancore, because you are not frightened by this thing, you are going to make this check against Jonathan's uh, hold person without- You're just going to make a straight check. It's not a disadvantage. Okay. So what's the check again? Wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. You got it. And what's your DC, Jonathan? Uh, More than that. Well, crap. I rolled a nine. Well, he can drop it. Yeah, that's, that's true. So that's at least the thing. It's so like he- I, I lose the turn, but at least it's, I was hoping I could delay my action, but I guess it only works if you have an action to delay. Got it. That's, okay. that's right. unfortunately the way it works. 
Jonathan, it is your turn. You are frightened. Or no, you're not frightened by this thing. No, Sorry. I'm not. And uh, I, so I'm like, as soon as, at, by now I've seen the ghost move away and do shit. So now I break the hold on Travancore. I move to right here. I blow a third level spell slot and I, and I scorching ray this thing at third level. All right. Uh, is that attacks or saving throw? Attacks. All right. Go ahead. That and I now have an advantage on. Boom! Drink! Nice. All right. So that's. Figures out to open up a new drink. One of four. So here's the second ray. Well. Good thing I have advantage. Uh, then I, I, I presume a, a 25 hits. Yes. Okay. So the natural 20 hits, the 25 hits. What's next? Uh, 17. That hits. All right, and last one. Ugh, uh, 14. That hits. All four of them hit. Nice. Um, all right. So this is all fire damage? This is all blue fire damage, so. Okay, go ahead and give me, just give me the total at the end. Okay, it's going to be, since it's a, it's effectively 10d6, so. The one thing I hate about playing on roll 20 is you don't get that sound of, like, shaking a fuck ton of dice in your hand before releasing it onto the table. Yeah. It's going to be 33 damage. Okay. A mighty blow from Jonathan as angered that he had to basically use one of his uh, his spells against his friend now turns that on this, this ghost that caused all these issues and blasts at almost point blank range this ethereal being as these four beams of fire slam into this thing it seems to be punching with with all of his anger and when it's done she doesn't seem to have taken nearly as much damage as you think it oh, my my fire overcomes resistance oh okay that's why yeah. they're blue all right blue well, flame I, you need to remind me that okay so yeah she takes a, a ton of damage and scowls at you and Jonathan, don't you get to re-roll ones i did Oh no! Okay. I don't get to re-roll them. They become two. Oh, uh, they just become a two. Right. Gotcha. As my blue flames, uh, like there's a it. They start. They initially hit a shield, but then the shield like breaks and it goes right right through and inflicts damage. It's like in that one play Star Trek. They did a really good job with these special uh, like magical effects. Like things would like shoot. These ships would like shoot at each other, but they would have shields. But then the shields would drop and then they go right through. That's what this is like. That one play. I got distracted by all the flares. Yeah. It's actually close to that. It's almost as though they were almost going to pass through her and only do some damage, but then your magic kind of grabbed hold. So that is the end of your turn. It is its turn. As it kind of reels from your damage, uh, you see wisps of its white etherealness just kind of floating off into nothing and it scowls at you and reaches out a hand and then i need you to make i need you to make a charisma saving throw jonathan yes all right charisma is going to be a 19 all right um it reaches out and tries to pass into you and you kind of back up no. <laughs> and kind of force it back out uh, my of your hand body. is still on fire and so it's like, no, and I, I just, I bat its ghostly hand away with my, with my smoldering uh, uh, post-fire hand. And so you, you manage to push it out of your body. It can't take possession of you. Um, and you, you feel as though you're, you're now immune to its, its ability to grab hold of your mind. But it, as it 
is forced out of your body. You feel its hand kind of claw into your chest and... Kalima! A little bit. Uh, That is a a 20, but not natural. All right, that hits. All right, you feel this... He He rolled my mage armor AC. (laughs) You feel this horrible withering touch grip your gut as... My my guts are full of breakfast still. Stop rolling sixes! You take 18 necrotic damage as its claw seems to rip some of your soul out of your body as it's forced out. And it is done. Oh, it's done in more ways than one. Bernie, it's your turn. Oh, Lordy B. Okay, so Bernie's gonna move back up closer to this bitch because she forgot she had spirit guardians. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh well, it, she can't. They moved away with Bernie. They move with Bernie. They move with oh. Bernie. They move with Bernie. So okay. it didn't start its turn in the spirit guardians. I'm such a dummy. Bernie got scared and ran away. You basically move back to where you were. I move back uh, to where to I was next to Carlton. Bernie's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Kind of like Macaulay Culkin in that play. You see Carlton like still like. Shivering like, uh, um, ghost. Uh, yeah, pretty kinda. much. So Bernie's gonna heal Jonathan the magic muscle muscular because he's not a tank, but he's standing up next to her, and she's gonna use cure wounds because it's a level one spell. You got to be able to touch him. I will come up and touch him. Touch his butt. Yeah. Touch his butt. I touch his it butt. Happens. And it's, pre- it's a nice butt. It really is. Is it firm? These wounds, they will heal. It's a lot like the Jonathan, the <laughs> actual person's butt. Quite nice. You say that with a note of surprise. But imitates no, life. No, it, confidence. You get nine points back. All right. And then as a bonus action, she's going to, since it is in flanking, Bernie's going to try again hitting this thing with her her um, her um Ghostbusters. All right. Go ahead and roll an attack. This time, not with disadvantage because you're no oh, longer frightened. Oh, thank God. Does 18 hit? <laughs> 18 does hit. Go ahead and roll damage. What's my damage? It's not a lot. Oh, it is still some, though. It's going to take 10 damage. All right. What kind of damage is that? Force damage. All right. The sucking mechanism that some of you recognize, but not a lot of you do, grapples into this creature, pulling away some of its ethereal essence. It gyrates back in obvious pain, but it is still holding itself together barely. Anything else you'd like? Well, you moved. You've. I've uh, done bonus. every possible thing I can do. <laughs> All right. Bucks needs to make a charisma saving throw. It uh, doesn't make it. Uh, seven. He is still terrified of this thing. Did Shadow save last time? No. Okay. Then Shadow needs to make a charisma saving throw. 19. Okay. So he can still act this turn, and then at the end of it, he'll, he'll no longer be frightened. So for this turn, uh, do you still want him to move towards you? Yeah, yeah. I guess um, he's still frightened until the end of the turn, right? Yes. So then he'll just have to do another dash and get to Travancore, basically. Okay. Uh, So so technically, 55 feet to 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. So technically, in the arc, he gets behind you. And you feel his, as he kind of lands behind you on this loping run of his, staying in a wide arc around this thing, as he skids to a, a stop and tries to steal himself, you feel him shake off the effects of this this fear. Carlton, you're still afraid. I am still frightened. What would you like to do? 
I am going to stand next to Bernie because I know the relative safety of the Kelly Rollins. However, I will be like, uh, uh, let me at least try something. And I'm going to toss a hand axe at, I'm going to toss two, uh, since I have two attacks. Okay. They will be at disadvantage. Yep. How do you fight a ghost with a hand axe? Can I ask in a, like, philosophical? All right. Uh, first one with disadvantage is a 17. That does hit. All right. And then the second one at disadvantage is 13. And that also hits. Go ahead and roll All damage. Right, so. And these are just regular hand axes? Yeah, they ain't nothing special. Okay. I ain't got special hand axes. All right. Uh, so that'll be 17 points before any resistances. Okay. And then wisdom save? Yeah, wisdom save. 13. So you throw both of these axes. It's hard to to even look at this thing, but they land true. They don't seem to do nearly as much damage as you hope, but something about actually hitting this thing and seeing it take damage and looking super hurt gives you the willpower to just barely shake this thing off, and you are that, no longer And I know fighting. that I am safe inside my Kelly Rollins. Kelly Rollins gotcha. Yeah, but seeing that the hand axes weren't as effective, I put back uh, great axe, and I re-grab Halberd. With the necrotic damage? Technically, you'll do that at the beginning of your next turn, but gotcha. flavor text. Uh, Tavern core. I like flavor. It's your turn. So, ex- experiencing extra umbrage, having recently had trouble telling what was real, what's not, and being briefly possessed, Travancore charges his flare bow, aims, and casts Hunter's Mark on, uh, on the spirit, whatever it is. Uh, it aims his arrow in such a way that if it goes through, because it's a translucent creature or whatever, that it doesn't hit Jonathan or anyone behind him. So I'm trying to angle it in such a way that it just, it would just, if it doesn't stick with this thing, it will just pass through. It, it's basically the same thing as if this wasn't some kind of ethereal creature. If it was able to dodge out of the way, you wouldn't hit your ally. So it's kind of a, a similar thing. You're you're confident that something would really have to go wrong for you to hit Jonathan or Bernie or Carlton. Okay, here goes. Go for it. 22. 22 definitely hits. Go ahead and nice. roll all of the damage. All right, so we're 10 piercing right off the bat, and then we'll roll the extra D6 for Hunter's Mark. It's another 4, and another D6 for Flare Bow. And that'll be 4 uh, flaming damage. So, describe in gory detail the death of this creature. Yes! <gasps> Nobody messes with Travancore's head or gets in his mind. Um, having a grip in his reality and having attacked one of his friends because this thing made him do it. Like, Travancore knows what's real and what's not, and he doesn't want this thing to exist anymore. So, stealing himself, he, uh, he calls to uh, the love of his friends and his, and his bear and lets the arrow loose. And when it touch makes contact with this being, the being just sort of explodes, erupts from the inside. The fire starts off there, and then the being erupts into, like, a small fireball of, thing. not as much as like Jonathan, but just sort of a pyrotechnic-y, pretty-looking fireball, not a damage one. Jonathan the Magimuscular, his eyes reflect the fire and he smiles. He... <laughs> and Shadow's pretty sure he did that. So <laughs> he's not even close! Actually, Shadow doesn't think he did it. He just totally believes that his companion in life would also be a fire ranger, because he's a fire bear, so why not? Go, go, fire ranger! Yeah, as your flaming arrow bursts and consumes this creature, it doesn't even really get a chance to let out any kind of shriek or wail. And Jonathan, you watch as it basically is consumed and then turns to ash in front of you and dies. Uh, he's gonna, Jonathan Magimus is gonna be like, all right, Bucks, it's okay. It's okay to come back. 
well, and once this thing dies, Bucks immediately feels the the fear lose its effect on him, and it, it takes him 10, 20 seconds, but he wings on back. Hey, buddy, you feel okay? He thinks for a moment, and you see in your mind... So if if you believe that owls in general live normally 18 to 20 years and you're not exactly sure cuz you summoned him from the the celestial plane and you summoned him as an adult you're thinking he's probably 7 or 8 3 years is a long time and he he doesn't look different he he lost a few feathers but that seemed more out of the stress of everything mm-hmm. but in his head suddenly very acutely aware of this body's mortality and it's a it's a disturbing thought it is not something he he's thought about dying before and going back to his plane of existence but that was very very real in a way he wasn't expecting oh buddy come here and i i hold him i just hold bucks yeah, and Travancore, as Shadow comes on up, it's it's a similar thing. He seemed to only lose a little bit of his life to this thing. And you don't notice any physical differences, but definitely one year for a, a bear is is a little bit different than, say, one year for a half-orc. And yeah, now that he's feeling a little bit more calm, now that the, the immediate danger is gone and the thing that was frightening him this whole time is gone, the same way, Travancore, you gave him you you asked for that reassuring hug a few nights ago now shadow basically presses into you to do the same in return i i hug him and i say you lost a little bit of time just got to make every day count buddy uh and yeah and um carlton you don't he's got like one gray hair now in his beard join the club <laughs> his hairline might have receded a tiny bit yeah, so half-orcs live for, like, 80, 90 years. Somewhere around there. They're about the same as a human. Yeah, so one year, I mean, it, it sucks, but you don't, with the exception of kind of that moment of loss, you don't necessarily feel any terribly different. It's just, it was it was not pleasant, but you don't... I feel like I'm one year closer to saying kids these days or get off my lawn. And Bernie, how, how long do gnomes live? I mean, gnomes, I thought they lived, like, 200 plus years on average. Uh, yeah, I think they live. Yeah, I want to say it's the two, almost three hundred. So Bernie's like forty-two. So she's what forty-six now. Yeah, she lost four years. She actually, she lost the most, but at least proportionally. I think gnomes also lived the longest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Like, I'm double checking. I think you're right. I think they live like three, four hundred years. They can live um, live 350 to almost 500 years. Oh, oh wow, this yeah. Is nothing. Bernie plans to live a really long time, so she's like, okay, guess we got this. Hopefully, I skipped the b- boring four years of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's the most out of everybody, but it's also proportionally not, at, not as bad. So you feel it. It's You and Carlton kind of have the same experience of that feeling of loss and a little twinge of regret but you don't really after it's gone you don't feel any obviously different bernie does not like the like violation of something that can take that away from her though like more than disliking losing time she does not like the fact that there was nothing she could really do about that uh bernie go ahead and hold on a second 
I'm going to have you roll a check for something. And although this whole time, Jonathan the Magimuscular isn't saying or thinking anything to Bucks. He's just holding him. Yeah, and but I mean, Bucks doesn't Bucks doesn't look scared. It's not like Bucks is quaking or anything. Um, but he's he's gripping you a little tighter, and he definitely is is this is this is going through his head in a disturbing way. I stroke his stroke his little head feathers. What uh what ability do you use as your spellcasting modifier? Wisdom. Go ahead and make a wisdom check for me right now. Twenty three. Okay, you know that. If you had access to greater restoration, and if you could do it quickly enough, you could still reverse the aging effects. Hold but on, hold on. Is that a third level spell? No, it's not like a greater level restoration spell. is. I Fifth. think it's yeah. But you've heard now, like thinking about this for a moment, especially since you took a moment and kind of identified this creature to make sure that you you did the right thing. But when you were thinking about silence, you you know what ghosts can do you you recognize this effect that they have and you do know that when acted on quickly it can be reversed but you would have to greater rest at least greater restoration in the next 24 hours that's fifth level bernie's not gaining two two, bernie's not giving a lot of levels in the next 24 hours so she's just gonna probably not that many whether you say anything is up to you and whether you come across anything that in the next 24 hours that could act like a greater restoration spell, you do now know that at least in the next 24 hours, it's possible to reverse that effect. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe when we kill the thing, there'll be a, re- a releasing of energy that'll have the same effect. I don't know. Maybe Maliki will grant us a boon if we save yeah, her. Yeah, maybe. Okay. You finish this fight, you take a moment, you kind of recover. Uh, Bernie, you think about the the effects of this this aging that has happened and how horrified you are that you were violated and your friends were violated in this way. And you gather up yourselves. There's really nothing to loot. You kind of look through the bodies of the of the one zombie that wasn't turned to ash, and it's it's a body. There's nothing left of any of these things. So you kind of gather yourself up and continue on your journey through the Crypt Garden Forest. So you do get experience for those things that you killed. I'm also giving you some extra experience because we got to see um, Destroy Undead for the first time. It's it's. I'm happy that it's back to being something awesome. And you got a little bit of extra experience for some of the good investigating that was going on at the beginning, trying to figure out what the hell was going wrong with everybody. So you get a total of 2,600 experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, you guys will continue your long, dark tea time for the soul. Your long, dark journey through the Crypt Garden toward the Rot Demon. And we'll see what happens next time. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks, or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>